You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and I'm joined here today again with Jason Aponte. You know, the other day we got some Debo news sprung on and he was a good sport. He stayed on. We did that live. Um, But today we're not even going to bring up Debo. We're not going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. None of that. We are going to talk about defensive backs that the 49ers might be looking into in this draft coming up in just a few days. So um, to introduce Jason, I mean, we all know who he is. He's the YouTube 49ers GOAT. He's the 49ers Twitter GOAT. Um, He was at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and you're going to be at the NFL Draft, right? Yep, I leave Monday actually, so I'll be Jeez. in the Bay for a little bit. I'll be in the Bay for a little bit before we make the move over to Vegas. But yeah, it's it's okay. uh, it's an exciting time, and I, 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 you know, with all the talk about all the other things that right now we really can't control, it's really kind of refreshing that we're going to be looking forward to the NFL draft. And I think that a lot of these discussions about prospects will help us not forget because it's still there. So like, it's like you got the front of your mind and the back of your mind. So in the back of your mind, Debo's up here, but at least for this first this week, you have the, the the first round of the draft, and that should be in the front of your mind at this point. So I think that's what we're here for. Right, absolutely. So we're gonna be a good distraction for all the people watching and listening right now. Before we get into, you know, some people that the 49ers may look into the draft, I want to talk about the current state of you know the cornerbacks and safeties. All right. So um we have Corners, Charverius Ward, who they just signed this offseason. That was like probably probably their biggest signing. Um, Emmanuel Mosley, of course, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore coming into their second years. And of course, Dante Johnson. Um, at safety, we have George Odom, Jimmy Ward, Charverius Moore, and Talanoa Hufunga. Um, what do you think about this group? I mean, the 49ers did also lose K1 Williams. Okay. He signed with the Broncos. Uh, Marcel Harris, someone I was hoping they would sign after the draft. Um, you know, he just got picked up, uh, I believe, by the Jets, right? So, with this group, what's missing still? I, I kind of feel like safety is a little iffy, right? Yeah, it's safety for me at this point, especially because. Jimmy Warden's heart were as solid as it gets. And I, I really don't, I reject all sorts of narratives that are thrown out about, man, you know, turnovers, things like that. Look, sometimes the best play is the play that doesn't get thrown to, right? Like if Tart's wiping away a guy and it forces that quarterback to look somewhere else and it turns into an inter- interception, how can you not say that Tart contributed to that even if he didn't get the interception? And those are the little things I feel that are lost. So in the on the back end, You've got Jimmy Ward, who is as flexible as it is, right? You can use him in the slot. You can put him a single high. He can do everything. But you still need another complementary safety who can do all of the things that Tart did, a la wipe everything out up top, be very good at run defense, also be as sure a tackler as him because he was the shortest tackler on his team. So, yes, um, safety is going to be the spot that I'm looking at the most, especially when you consider there is a large chance that Jason Verrett is back this year mm-hmm. as, as a corner, right? And look. I get it. You know, another injury and and 49er fans, you're probably rolling your eyes like, don't do this again. But when you start to look at Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett, now you have the option of possibly starting Ward and Verrett on the outside, which would make them a premier one, two duo in the league, no matter who you would ask. And then Emmanuel Mosley has a chance to kick inside. And now you're talking about 
quality depth. Ambry Thomas came on at the end of the year. We still don't know what the Amador Lenore is. And Dante Johnson is literally as steady as it gets. I'm tired of everybody making jokes about him, man, because when his number's called, he usually does his job. And, and the only reason you're upset is just he continues to get chances. But what is it about him that this organization continues to give chances to? I think that's the way you should start to look at it and how solid he is. But yeah, I think it's safety. And it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's a strong safety or, or a free safety. Those things are interchangeable in this scheme. Those guys flip sides and they just move around. So I wouldn't be too worried about, well, they need a strong safety. They just need another safety. Nothing against Talanoa Hufanga, but I fear for him being out there in coverage by himself in certain spots. And I just don't think that that's suited to his game. It's not uh, me knocking him down. That is, just like many other players have, a negative, a, a, a weakness to his game. Nobody's perfect. And that's why I think that safety is going to be probably the biggest spot. Right. Yeah. Tolanoho Funga definitely has some growing to do. I mean, he, he shows some flashes, but definitely probably not ready to take on the uh, tart, you know, role. Um, so I'm glad you, you mentioned Jason Verrett, though, because that's someone who I think and I hope they can bring back after the draft as well as maybe Tavon Wilson, you know, just extra depth at safety. Um, and do you see uh, Nickel being a bigger need as well? I know you mentioned that, you know, if they sign a safety or if they sign Verrett, they can then kick out mostly to the slot. A question for you is, do you think if they draft a safety, they're looking at a versatile safety that can also play the slot as well? Yeah, 100%. And, and that's the thing is when you start to look at this safety group, a lot of them were at the senior ball. A lot of them were at the combine. You start to dig into their tape and you start to figure out, okay, there's guys higher up on the board, but they still have some of those weaknesses. So scheme fit matters here at this point. Like the number one safety on the board wouldn't necessarily be perfect for every single team because, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Nick Cross and we're going to talk about Jaquan Brisker and we're going to talk about Lewis Seen and, and, and those are the top guys, right? The guys that, but I have concerns with Nick Cross and being able to cover. I have concerns with Brisker being able to cover. Brisker feels more like a box safety, but everybody has him higher up. Those are the things that I think a lot of, a lot of it has to come down to scheme, how they want to be utilized because the 49ers love their flexibility on the back end. And so much of what they were able to do on defense to cover up for the cornerbacks was because of their safety play and covering things up on the back end and making sure that nobody's out of position and things like that. Now you're going to need that same sort of, uh, you're going to need that same sort of flexibility, but with an upgraded corner room, now you can probably play around with whatever it is that you want to do. But I still feel that this team needs two guys jimmy ward and someone else who can do it all right in that same flexible way because it makes you so unpredictable on defense and be able to show so many different exotic looks yeah absolutely um and now looking at the draft and and some of the players who they have started looking at i mean i got this list here it's a little small but you can see the full list on 49ersgoldmine.com this is a list of uh DB prospects that the 49ers have met with. These are confirmed visits. As you can see, there's a lot um, for the official top 30 visits. And so this gives you a good idea of who they're looking at, because more often than not, the people who they end up visiting with, they do end up drafting. This happens pretty often. Obviously, they're not going to draft all these guys, but it just shows um, they do have legit interest in them. So we're going to talk about some of these guys, not all of them, but 
Um, let's let's start with the first one, and this is someone who they recently met with, Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker, uh, out of Penn State. You can see here I have his RAS score up. A lot of green, you know, lots to be excited about in terms of his athleticism. So, um, oh, and another thing I want to point out, John Lynch and Adam Peters were at Penn State Pro Day. So make of that what you want. You know, maybe they were there for Abiketti as well. But Brisker was someone who they met with top 30. So, you know, there is legit interest there. So what do you think about Brisker and what he would bring? I think he's uh, great downhill in run defense. He can cover in the slot, but that's not necessarily his strength. Like having him turn his hips and get back in in coverage, that's the stuff that I kind of get a little bit worried about at this next level. But everything else, he's a thumper. He's great downhill. Again, get him in in a, in a spot where he can get down and attack the ball carrier. And now you're looking at a guy who is going to make a difference in that way. The only concerns I would have are um like, you know, his 40-yard dash is very good. You saw the green there. That looks really good. It's about turning his hips and being able to get back on other receivers at this next level. That kind of just makes me a little bit wary. But he's the guy that everybody uh, is very excited about. I mean, as you can see right here, this is what I'm talking about. Downhill. Boom, look at him, look at him get from that top level all the way down. And that's the 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 when he's able to play downhill with speed and and he's able to play with instinct and not have to worry about deciphering anything and just being a football player, that's his strength right there. And and look how high up he is here at this at this port, this portion right here. Like he's at the goal line. So they're throwing it up and he gets a chance to at least like be right there. Like he he read that perfectly. And he was able to play closer, like move forward. It's about going back for Jaquan Brisker. That scares me a little bit. Okay. Well, um, at Penn State, he had a f- 151 tackles, 10 of those for loss, five interceptions, 14 pass breakups. And you mentioned the 40, 4.49. So he's a bit of a burner as well. And I think an underrated uh, factor to him is, you know, he probably brings some good leadership. Um, one thing I saw about him, he was team captain at his high school. Um, at Lackawanna Community College before Penn State. And he was also a team captain at at Penn State. So if they're looking for someone who brings a lot of leadership in the safety position, which I'm sure with Kwaski Tart being out, that's something they might, you know, very, very well covet. Um, The question is, will he make it out of the first? That's the big question for me. And the closer we get to the draft, it seems like he won't. But what do you think about that? Yeah, his stock is rising fast. I think uh, he's on everybody's board high up. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see him sliding. I mean, the the latest I could see is early second. I, I mean, he it wouldn't shock me if he was the first safety off the board. I probably have Lewis seen ahead of him, um, but he's going to be up there as one of the top three guys taken off the board. So it, it all depends on where seen goes and then how the board lays out. But, yeah, late first, early second at the at the minimum. Yeah, Lewisine is definitely another name um, that could possibly go round one. Kyle Hamilton, uh, Daxton Hill as well is another oh, name. Kyle Hamilton, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, and, I just and don't yeah, talk about so, Kyle Hamilton. I don't think about him because he's not in the 49ers he, range. Exactly. No, yeah, it, exactly. And, and so I think it's worth discussing Brisker because there's that chance that he could get out of the first. Same with Seen, I think. Um and if the 49ers do want to trade up to the early second to get him, I feel like that will be an option for them. But they, I, I'm not sure either of those make it to 61. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about Lewis Seen, hard-hitting safety out of Georgia. Again, lots of green, lots to be excited about. Um, he made a ton of big plays in the national championship game. Uh, 
his 40 was one of the fastest uh, for safeties. I think he was just 0.3 seconds off of the fastest time for a safety. And he led everyone at his position at the bra jump uh, with the 11. 11-1. Yeah, 11-1. So what do you think about Lewis Seam? Oh, man. I mean, this would be this would be glorious. I, it's just flexible. He can co- – he's just – he can tackle. He covers well. I, I he, The thing that I really – that jumps out to me when I watched him is just how good he is with routes and his instincts on understanding what the concept is and knowing where to be. And it's just when you combine that with his raw athletic gifts, he's just a guy that screams – one of the best safeties in this draft, and he's going to be somebody who is going to contribute on day one, um, jumping into this league, regardless of where he goes. Now, again, he's labeled as a free safety, but as we know, if he does slide, that doesn't matter in this scheme at all, and he would give them that same flexibility that Jimmy Ward. Imagine having somebody who is Jimmy Ward-like in his traits in terms of he's just faster than Jimmy Ward, but, but in terms of being able to cover guys, being able to hit being able to play in the box, being able to play up top. I think Lewis Seen has it all, man. And he's uh, he's going to make a whatever team drafts him very happy. Very, very happy. Definitely seems like a very well-rounded safety. Like, he does everything well. Uh, you talked about some of the concerns you had with Brisker, um, like, in coverage and, you know, pedaling back. That doesn't seem like a concern with Seen, right? Nope. <laughs> Not uh, at just, all. The weight, the weight would be the – the weight would be the concern just a little bit for me. Like, you know, but again, guys who play underweight and things like that, whatever you deem as underweight, that doesn't really matter if they, they some guys are just naturally football players. So it doesn't matter about their weight and they're just going to continue. I think it would just be more about concerns about long-term for him with his weight like that um, and injuries and things like that. But uh, I'm sure that he'll put on some weight when he comes into the league, they'll put him on a regimen. I'm sure that that's something that's on every team's uh itinerary for him if they if they bring him in so uh, i wouldn't necessarily worry about that as much i just think that that that's the only real concern again there's no perfect prospect if i wanted to get negative on everybody i could point out all the things that i'm nervous about but for seeing there's so many things that he does well that the weight thing is like the is like way down on the bottom for me to be thinking about yeah agreed And, and like you said that's always something they can work on once they get into the league um, and I'm sure he's working on it this offseason. Uh, next, let's look at Jalen Peachtree. So also some green here. He has a 8.45 RES score, but you can see his size. There's a lot of red, so there's some concern over his size a bit. He's 5'11", um, 198 pounds. Um, what are your takes on Peachtree? I know he's one of your favorites. You saw him at the Combine. Uh, what can you say about him? It was a senior bowl that really turned it around for me with Petrie. I mean, in the beginning, when when I saw him in one-on-ones, and, and those one-on-ones are, they're designed to have the wide receiver show off. It's not for the people. So when you watch one-on-ones in the senior bowl and you watch guys either get burnt, whatever it is, they have no idea what that person's running in front of them. So if you have been defending people in the slot and you're taking things away, that was the stuff drawn to. But also, when I dug into say when you dug into dive into his numbers, and and they're right here on the screen, tackles for loss, fumble, uh, fum- forced fumbles, interceptions, everything. Like the guy is everywhere, and uh, he's been playing the star role in Baylor. What I mean by that is, like he's the guy that they asked to pretty much do everything. So maybe those stats they're not inflated because he's that good, but 
they are pushed up a little bit because they ask him to do a lot. But that just goes to speak to the playmaker that he is. I love Jalen Petrie. Smooth in coverage, can play in the slot, can play in the box, can play up top. There's not really much, there's not many holes to his game at all. So I, I'm really excited about Jalen Petrie. If he fell to the 49ers or if the 49ers found a way to go up and get him and everything else is set. Because remember, a lot of the 49ers draft plans are around the the hanging cloud right now with Debo Samuel. And is Alex Mack going to come back? And what do you address immediately? And and that's the part that I think we had a bit of certainty after the combine because John Lynch said, hey, we expect him to come back. Now it's we don't know. And then we had no idea what was coming down the line with Debo. And there was a few weeks where it kind of was like, well, the 49ers addressed this, they addressed this, they addressed this. They kind of have ultimate flexibility. But now these two questions put the 49ers in a spot where who knows what they will do depending on who's on the board and depending on what they need to address. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good point because there's still a lot of question marks. The closer that we get to the draft, I keep thinking that it will be safety with that first pick. At first, I thought it would be edge, no doubt, but I feel like they've kind of solidified themselves a little bit, at least with the depth that they have there. So I think they can afford to wait a little bit more on edge. And also, I've noticed that they've looked at um, some of the edges that they've visited with have been uh, you know, throughout the draft guys that could go in later rounds. Whereas for safety, it's a lot of guys at the top, you know, and there's a lot of talent at the top. So it makes sense why they would be looking at some of those guys. Um, so Petrie, he led safeties and run stops as a slot corner. His average depth of tackle was 0.8 yards. And, and like you said, like that just speaks to his ability to shoot the gaps and, and be a good run defender. Um, so I, I definitely liked what I saw out of him as well. Quick question for you, because he has a teammate who is also, you know, going to get some looks as well, and he's going to be drafted as well. JT Woods, would he be a good consolation prize for someone if they missed out on Petrie, or are they just like two completely different guys and not even this, in the same stratosphere? No, he he would. And and again, scheme matters, fit matters, all of those things. And it's funny because when you think of Baylor, right, you know, obviously RG3 went there and you start to think about, well, what kind of prospects come out? You start watching Jalen Petrie and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, who's that guy wide receiver? Oh, that's Tyquan Thornton. I'm like, oh, well, well who's that other guy? JT was, <laughs> so they've got ballers over there, man. Yeah, and uh, it's not necessarily a consolation prize. But again, Scheme matters, fit matters, coaching matters. And if you get him in the right spot, JC Woods would be a, a very nice consolation prize in that way. All right, perfect. Well, in the time being, I am calling Brisker, Scene, and Petrie the big three because they they seem to be the top names for the 49ers that you know we all kind of like. That seems to be the consensus. Even Matt Mayoko said. Uh, you know, the safety lends itself well for the 49ers at 61. Another reason why I think they go safety first, you know, Mayo goes very plugged into these things. And he specifically named Scene, Petrie, and Brisker as some names that they could look at. And and so I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um, moving on to our next safety, though, let's talk a little bit about Nick Cross from Maryland. Um, and, and Todd McShay actually had him mocked to the 49ers in round two. So what do you think about Nick Cross? I mean, we're looking at his RES score, lots of green once again, 9.87 out of 10. Uh, so what did you, what did you see out of him? Um, six foot, 212, 4340, uh, 37 inch vertical, 1010 on the broad. That's really good. 
But when you watch him play, he's more of a thumper that plays downhill than he is better at being a high safety in that way. But when you think about, and maybe I might be contradicting myself here, but I think this is just specific to Nick Cross. When you look at what Jimmy Ward offers and you add Nick Cross, I think he can be a perfect complementary piece in that way because he still can play closer to the line. And then remember, there's an upgraded corner. There is. I mean, Traveris Ward, look, no disrespect. He's better than Embry Thomas. Like, no disrespect. Like, I, I know he's better than him. So now you've got two guys that you really trust, Emmanuel Mosley and Ward. And now Cross doesn't have to necessarily be that guy on the back end that's wiping things out or anything like that. And maybe you can start playing around with just moving Jimmy Ward up top, keeping uh, keeping Cross in the, in the box and using him to his strengths, which is, you know, being a thumper, getting downhill. And uh, I just I just feel like he's suited better for the closer to the line of scrimmage than he is in just a single high look. And, you know, the 49ers rotate in, that in and out. That's not something that's a, a, a staple all the time that they use. So, but yeah, uh, Cross is somebody who is high up on everybody's board for good reason. Um, but uh, I would like to see him just a little bit more closer to the line and uh, playing more, uh, playing more like downhill and faster. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't seem like he offers the same versatility as some of the other prospects that we've talked about to this point. Probably not. Like, I, I mean, at this point though, uh, we're kind of splitting hairs here, right? Like if you really want to like play 4D chess, then have two safeties that are flexible. But what Jimmy Ward does, having a guy who can maybe play closer to the line might be beneficial. And as long as you're getting to the quarterback and not allowing him to be left out to dry on the back end, then there will be no reason to be worried about that. I don't have concerns with him with the way that I have Hufanga um, being able to cover on the back end. So no matter what about me saying that he needs to be closer to the line, it's not a concern to the point where I don't want Hufanga in single high or I don't want him trying to cover up top in any way. Like, it's not the same thing at all. Yeah, well, that's definitely fair. Um, next, let's talk about safety out of Oregon. Verone McKinley, Ooh, looking at his RAS score, there's a lot of red, which mm-hmm. is strange because, you know, when you watch him play, like, you you know, he's obviously one of the top regarded safeties in this class. And so do you have a big concern over how players test out? I know there's some people that are like, oh God, he tested horribly. Like he's going to go off some people's boards. He's going to drop so hard, like things like that. I don't have those same concerns, but I'm curious what you think. I think it's the size, everything. I mean, you see the red with the height and the weight, and he profiles more of a cornerback than he does as a safety. Now, the good thing is is that he's a ball hawk in coverage. Now, that's the really good thing because for all the 49er fans that complain about lack of turnovers from the safety, this is what he can bring you. But the size is an issue, and he's not even really bad against the run. Like, he's not bad against the run or anything like that, but that's in college. How is your size going to translate into the league and here he is right there making an interception. Great. Ball hawking coverage. You love that, right? Like you you love that because you want to have turnovers. Turnovers change games and you're willing to live with whatever shortcomings they have if they're turning the ball over, honestly, over and over. Hello, Josh Norman for a little while there. But that's the thing is it's the size. How does it translate? That's my biggest concern. Can he can he translate it to the to the next level? And will that size hold him back from being very good in terms of being a ball hawk? He's there and he's not bad against the run either, but it's the size. And that's, and all those red numbers that you you just brought up on his screen um, really exemplify that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely a ball hawk. Um, I, I believe he had most interceptions out of some of the safeties. So 
Um, and we're, we're seeing here how we looked at it was at the senior bowl, I think. So, yeah, that was the, that was the one practice they didn't allow us in on because it was supposed to rain okay. and it didn't even rain that day. Ridiculous. And we stood That's outside lame. the day, the day that it rained. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's what we have on safeties. I mean, obviously, there's so many other safeties that we could talk about. We'd be here, like, all day talking about them. Um, but like we said, I think the 49ers are going to target someone early in the draft, so it's worth mentioning and talking about some of these people that, you know, we just mentioned. But, Jason, do you have any uh, sleepers at safety that, you know, you want people to know about you would dump the table for? I mean, I already talked about Petrie. Um, I think that's my guy, and I think I'm just going to dig in on my heels because I said this is the sleepers, first time. Jason. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, sleepers. I mean, I don't know, man. I really uh, Kirby Joseph. There we go. From okay. Illinois. Okay. Um, yes. He's, he's five picks too. in 2021. I think that he was somebody that everybody's sleeping on because Illinois didn't exactly do well. 38 inch vertical, 10 three broad. Um, I think that he's a guy that people. If the 49ers took him, it wouldn't be a sexy pick, and everybody would start looking around like, who? But I think that Kirby Joseph is somebody who is very good um, and has a chance to be very good and kind of just – it's just like flying under the radar because of how bad Illinois was. No, that that's definitely a name that, you know, I was hearing a lot, you know, earlier in the process. And, yeah, it's kind of quieted down for him lately, but I, I think that would be a good one too. Personally, one of my favorite safeties is Mar Marquise Bell. Um, I talk about him all the time. He's one of my HBCU, draft crushers. Baby. Yeah, let's go. So, you know, he he's one guy that could go, you know, a little later that I think a team will be lucky with him, but who knows? Who knows? Um, all right, let's move on to some corners because we've talked plenty about some of these safeties. Let's talk about some corners if the 49ers want to go that route. Like I said, they have met with some corners um, leading up to the draft, so it's not – um, you know, out of question that they might, you know, draft the corner, especially if they want to look for someone who is specifically just a nickel corner, maybe. I don't know. So let's let's first talk about Joshua Williams, um, cornerback out of Fayetteville State, another HBCU um, uh, prospect. All right. So what do you think about Joshua Williams? Um, you know, he, he was at the senior bowl as well, right? Yes, he was. And, and that's a great way to start. When you look at these other colleges that aren't necessarily power, power five schools, the, the, the higher ups, anything like that. What you want to figure out is how they respond to better competition. Right. No disrespect to anybody who's in the HBCUs or, or playing in FCS, anything like that, because you guys are still phenomenal football players. It's just the level of competition gets raised a bit. So what do you do? Do you respond? And I think he did in Mobile, right? And he kind of turned heads because, look, that's Khalil Shakir. That's somebody that everybody loves. Look, he's all over that. And and I think that when I was looking at him because he just – like, I'm, I'm like, who's 30? Who's 30? And you look yeah. at Fayetteville and you're like, ah, uh, you know, can you – really do something like that with him he's actually responding better to the competition so that's why i think that he's going to be a guy that and then when you look at his profile big long lanky you know like and look that's mm -hmm. press that's that's dops that that's one of the biggest guys i've ever seen up close he's huge and he's able to jam him at the line and not even let him get off on his release i think joshua williams is is a big big sleeper at corner and somebody who can really really have an impact but it may take him a little bit longer. I'm not saying that he can step in right away, one-year thing, 
But if you want to bet on what you can get out of him, that's something that you may just have to push down the line, maybe into year two, something like that. But I really, I really walked away from the senior bowl after watching him a little bit more, really impressed with how he responded to the competition that was in front of him. And that's the best part about that, right? There were so many guys, right? Christian Watson went to NDSU. Um, Jalen Tober went to North Alabama. Um, you know, he went to Fayetteville State. Those guys responded well to the LSU corners and, and the guys that are like in the SEC and all those things. And, and they played better against the competition. That's what you're really looking for when it comes to this. He can dominate a Fayetteville State all he wants, but can you do it against the guys that you will be playing on Sundays? And I think that he showed that he can. And, I, and I'm really excited about him. I just feel like nobody's really talking about him because of where he's from. Yeah. And I mean, for players coming out of these D2 schools and, you know, schools that aren't so much on the map, like the LSUs and whatnot, the Oregons, um, I mean, you have to show up at Senior Bowl, right? That's how you get your name out there. And so, like, it, it's really good to know that he did that. And, yes, I, I definitely feel like he's he's climbing up draft boards a little bit. At least fans are are talking about him a little bit more. I know he was on um, GMFB the other day, and uh, they were talking about how great he is. And it, it seems like he's very humble, too. He just looks like a, a very like humble kid and man. So long six, three safety, 79 tackles, four for loss, 22 pass breakups, five interceptions. And does he do punt returns too? Cause he had a punt return touchdown as well. I mean, he can, but I think the 49ers are going to bring in any and everybody who can help on one side of the ball while having a punt or a kick return in their, in their bag, because of where they rank 20th and punt returns 28th and kickoff returns. So they're going to give everybody a chance. Ray Ray McLeod, whoever they draft in the, in, in the draft uh, you know, it just, it's not working with uh, Brandon Ayuk and others. So um, I think that that's a lot of what the 49ers want to address, especially when you look at the way they've addressed things in free agency with so many special teamers and maybe guys who can contribute uh, defensively or offensively like Ray Ray McLeod, Odom, those guys. But uh, yeah, I, I think that anybody, who returns any sort of punts or kicks will be getting looked at by the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he could do that. Um, I know we didn't mention it uh, yet, but was there any of the safeties that we talked about that that does that as well? Uh, seen, I don't I think, think so. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think so, actually. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Okay, okay. Um, all right, let's look at the, the next cornerback here. We don't have his RAS score, but we have this tweet from Jordan, and that's good enough for me, uh, talking mm-hmm. about Cordell Flop out of LSU. Um, he was also in for a top 30 visit with the 49ers, and currently he's projected to go about uh, third, fifth round in between there. Um, you'll see here Jordan said he mocked him in one of his mock drafts at pick 105 for the 49ers. So uh, what do you think about Cordell? And, I mean, DBU, man. <laughs> Right. And imagine imagine thinking about him in that range. I mean, he's tall. He's got long arms. um, He fights well. Like, I think in the same way that we're talking about tall and long arms is kind of the concern is that he's a little lanky when it comes to being there. And remember, you have to be at the nickel position, not only a great tackler, as Jordan alludes to in his tweet, but you have to be able to identify the runs, the run fits, and you have to be able to identify where you can play and things like that. Six one is very good, um, runs well, makes up, makes up his ground from behind. Um, for me, it's just a little bit the weaknesses that I see. 
Sometimes he lets too much separation happen on the routes, and he doesn't play with consistent body control and space for me. And 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 look, those are all things that can be developed. But again, he is going to be a developmental guy, like going forward, like third to fifth round. Like that's that's usually what those guys are. That's why when everybody is worried about who's going to be a day one starter, usually those are the first and second rounders. Everybody else, you kind of have yeah. to at least wait a little while, unless there is some sort of disclaimer on the first and second rounders about well, either injury or they need time to develop, they're a freak, they just need to do more. With him, he is a bit of a developmental project. But that's why bringing Jason Verrett back for nothing, having Emmanuel Mosley be there in the slot, could afford them the time to have him kind of slide into that role if Diamandu Lenore isn't uh, improving at the in the, in the fashion that they believe he, he can. Yeah, um, man, I, I think the 49ers have absolutely like improved their uh, defensive back depth you know which i think was put into question a lot last year right and you know with some of the injuries that they had you had some of those guys playing and so i think that's something that they've sort of insulated themselves uh against um and so you know if they nail that first pick whether it's the safety i, I doubt they go corner early but so i think it, it will be a safety like i said but if they can nail that pick, I think this is going to be a really, really good um, secondary unit for the 49ers. 100%. And that's a good thing, right? Is as much as maybe I'm not as high on Henry Thomas as other people are, for him to be possibly with Jason Verrett, Ward, and Mosley, the fourth cornerback on your roster, exactly. that's actually that's amazing like, depth. That's amazing yeah. depth. And for me, I don't really necessarily see anything that – Ambry did last year that would force you to say he needs to play over this person or this person. And clearly the 49ers don't believe that either because they signed Travis Ward. So mm -hmm. that's the, that's the thing about it. It's ultimate depth. And now you're talking about Dante Johnson being pushed further down and being, you know, that's, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. And, and not many teams have depth and guys that have experience over the years that you can, that you can rely on. And, and that would be a good thing for Ambry Thomas, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, let's look at one more uh, corner that the 49ers can look at. I know he's been like a a favorite of 49ers, especially like early in the the mock draft season. Um, Marcus Jones out of Houston. Um, the 49ers have met with him twice, so I think there's legit interest there. They met with him at the Combine, and they uh, recently, uh, earlier this month, had a Zoom meeting with him as well. So he had five intersect five interceptions, 13 pass breakups in 2021 alone. Um, he contributes in the run game as well, which as we mentioned, you know, I think is going to be a bonus, definitely going to be a plus for any player that brings that for them. He had nine total punt and kick return touchdowns in his career. That's, that's huge to me. I mean, so if you could bring someone in who is a good corner solid, and then also can bring you that, you know, energy in the return game as well. I mean, that, that's not too bad. And I think right now he's probably going, what, like round three? I think that's like the the talk with him. So what mm -hmm. do you think about Marcus Jones? He's a day three guy for sure, but he could wind up being one of the guys that we look back and say, how the hell did this happen? And, and why did we see this coming? <laughs> and you know what's funny is last year he actually took reps at wide receiver too as well, like to show his uh, that how good of an athlete he is 
Again, all these things that are labeled right here on the screen, they're absolutely true. Smooth hips, able to open redirects with no issues, anything like that. Scrappy as an outside corner and uh, the, the special teams talent. Makes guys miss. That's the thing that you're really looking for. And that's the thing that the 49ers have been looking for as well, too. He also, his acceleration is ridiculous. Like he gets to his top speed fast and, and immediately. Look, this is him at wide receiver. Like this is him literally playing wide receiver on guys. Like that's insane, man. Like, so yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are concerns again, there's weaknesses to everybody's game, but um, sometimes he struggles to get off blocks at times. But the other thing, the only thing that really kind of scares me is, you know, you saw that nine out of 10 sticky coverage thing and that's true. But that one time that he's out when he can't locate the deep ball, he kind of panics and he's just like handsy and he grabs a little bit. So again, in college, that's not a spot foul. It's just 15 yards in the pros on Sundays. That's going to be a spot foul. So that's just something that he can probably clean up. And again, no no prospect is perfect. But yeah, Marcus Jones, man, I mean, fast athlete, can hit, can play wide receiver if you need him to. I mean, you know how this team loves their versatility, you know, so it's a, it's a really good fit. And somebody who, if he's there day three, some he's going to make a, a team very, very happy. And we're going to all look back like, man, there's no way that he should have fell this far. Yeah, I yeah, as a as a day three, like that's that's not bad at all. I mean, we're seeing some of the clips here and he just plays with a lot of physicality and And that's Alec know, Pierce that everybody loves from Cincinnati that he just knocked that ball out from. So yeah, uh against guys that you a lot of people really like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and the the punt and kick return as well. Like he he's explosive with that. So um all right, so we've looked at some safeties. We looked at some corners. Um, do you have any corner sleepers that you want everyone to know about? Joshua Williams would have been it, but, I mean, I'm glad that we brought him up because I don't think that he should be viewed as a sleeper just because of yes. his traits and everything as well, too. And, I mean, when you put the label of development on people, developmental prospect, it's seen as a knock. No, some guys just get it differently, and some guys are just going to take a little bit more time to adjust. I think Joshua Williams is going to be – very good at this level. And I think he's going to be another guy that we look back and say, man, what the hell were we thinking? So, I mean, I'm glad you brought him up at first because I don't want him to be labeled as a sleeper, but it's hard for me to not call him my favorite sleeper because he went to a school that nobody really knows. And he's kind of just not being spoken about. So yeah, it would be Joshua Williams for me, man. I really hope uh, the 49ers find a way to get that done. And I think it was Jordan on last night's sprint right, sprint right option that brought up, if you've kind of hit on a certain amount of picks already and you feel really good about them, then you have a chance to take a chance on a, on a developmental corner. And I think that's where he may be um, for, for the 49ers or for any other team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he's definitely a good one. Um, I don't know if this is a sleeper, but Sean Jolly was another corner who I watched who um, I really like on the smaller end, but you know, he's a playmaker man. And, uh, he he's very fast as well. So he he's someone I liked. Um, other than that, like I haven't looked at a lot of uh, cornerbacks because I don't see it as a 49ers like biggest need, which is why mm -hmm. like a lot of the guys we just talked about are guys that will go in like the later rounds. And that's OK. Um, but yeah, man, thanks, Jason, for for coming on today, talking about these defensive backs. I mean, Hopefully the 49ers find a way to get one of these guys, maybe two if we're lucky, um, come draft day. And thank you guys for watching, listening, and make sure you subscribe to Jason's channel. Plug that shit really quick. 
yeah, uh, Jason Aponte on YouTube, at Jason Aponte2103 on Twitter, um, Patreon Jason Aponte, uh, where you can get a lot of the draft coverage that I'll be uh, giving out in Vegas as well, too. And, um, yeah, I've got this other deal uh, with uh, an app called Winnow, um, winnow.app slash Jason Aponte. Basically what it is, it'll be a subscription to all of the things that I'm hearing on the draft floor who's who's talking about who and the things that I necessarily wouldn't be putting on Twitter because I don't want people asking me source or who told you or do trust me even though it's like literally someone from someone's front office who's saying that and I don't really want to divulge that information but if you're interested in that sort of stuff especially with the Debo happenings um that's something that you can subscribe to too and Steph thank you again man anytime that you need me on here you know I got you you're one of my favorite podcasters um and if there was a sleeper podcaster it's you and it's definitely somebody <laughs> who is just being completely slept on and should be a day one product. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, and man, you've been grinding this whole off season. So excited for that draft content. And once again, thank you guys for listening and watching. Peace.